Welcome to this week's Property Matters, the show that brings global industry trends to an Irish audience. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or by email at hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Your host today is Carl Talent and myself, Brian Fox. Okay, thank you, Brian. So today we're going to be talking about the rental market, but maybe from a different angle than we normally do. So before we get started on that, I just wanted to bring to your attention, the Irish Times ran an interesting piece today about the incentives on offer for first-time buyers purely because at this moment in time, it's now cheaper to pay a mortgage than to rent. So just for people who are um, maybe circling around with their mortgage situation and they're not sure where to start, just to direct you to the Help to Buy scheme. So this is the scheme whereby first-time buyers can claim relief of income tax paid over the past three years, up to 5% of the total value of the property, um, up to a maximum of 20000 on the basis of buying a property to a maximum value of half a million euros. So um, the other incentive there is the Rebuilding Ireland Home Loan Scheme. Now, this particular scheme offers mortgages at reduced rates, so from 2% fixed for up to 25 years, which is phenomenal, um, and actually 2 and a quarter percent up to 30 years for first-time buyers. But the conditions here are that the first-time buyers must have been refused a mortgage or offered insufficient finance from at least two main lenders. Um, so the thresholds here for Dublin, Cork, Galway, Kildare, Loud, Meath and Wicklow are for property values up to 288,000 while those in remaining counties can borrow uh, 225,000. By the way, if you're building your first home, the same criteria applies to the total build cost and crucially for borrowers, the Help to Buy and the Rebuilding Ireland scheme can be used together. So that's that's our tip for renters who are looking to get on the property ladder this week. Um, Also, I just wanted to bring to your attention as well, quick note that uh, UK company Placetech, they're hosting an event next Tuesday morning, the 5th of November at the Morrison Hotel in Dublin. All details can be found on propertydistrict.ie and the event features speakers from Smart Dublin, uh, Shapoorji Palonji, Sherry Fitzgerald and myself. So I hope to see you all there. So, as I mentioned, today we've got something a little bit different. Uh, We are talking about the rental market, but from the perspective of rental and pets. So, our first guest in studio, I'm delighted to welcome Tim Kirby, veterinary surgeon and Pet Bond founder. So, you're very welcome, Tim. So, to get started, what is Pet Bond? Uh, Thank you, Carl. Uh, Pet Bond is a new online platform where anybody that's looking to get a new pet can actually safely log on to and find a happy pet. Now, one of the key points about Pet Bond is it's run by vets and I manage the team of vets myself as well. So critical to what Pet Bond about is about is that we only feature healthy pets on our website, which is very, very important as well. Now, people can log on, they can choose either a rescue centre pet. So we work with registered rescues right across Ireland and we also work with approved breeders. So we're bringing in safety measures to protect the public and the pets that are when, featured. When you talk about breeders, I'm, I definitely come from the ethos and I've spoken about it frequently here, um, coming from a dairy farm as well. You yeah. know, we're very much in favour of rescuing animals right. as opposed to breeders. So in terms of the breeders you're featuring, yeah. how can we be sure that there are not uh, puppy farms? And Because that's the main concern that people have when they're going to a main breeder, or yes. at least it should be. Well, it is, Carl, and you're, you're quite right to point it out. 
So what PetBond does is we have a unique quality assurance system that's literally baked into the core of what we do as well. And that's designed by a team of vets. And ultimately, I decide myself whether the people that apply fit the criteria so that we can feature the pets or not. Now, for breeders, it's a very, very unique uploading process where we literally vet the breeder and we also vet the pet as well to make sure they meet the criteria that we demand. So I suppose where the public can be reassured is in the fact that we get to know the breeders individually, we get to know that they're doing the job right, we get to know that the pet has been examined by a vet and we also get to know the actual identity of the pet itself. So what we do, Carl, is we ensure that the pet is microchipped, we ensure there's traceability as well. And I think the beauty about getting to know the individual breeder is that before we even connect the public with the pet, that we can be assured that we're dealing with someone legitimate as well. And I suppose really what it is, Carl, is we're bringing a lot of good people together. So I have a firm belief in life that if you incentivize good people, you can create change. So these people come so, to you though, Tim, right? That's correct. They're, they're dog owners. Yes. And how do, how, I mean, do, do dog owners know you now at this point or how do you get the word out? Uh, I suppose like any startup, Brian, we're trying our best to spread the word. Um, we're across all social media platforms. Literally word of mouth goes a long way uh, too. And what we're doing is we're working with senior stakeholders in the pet industry in Ireland. Um, and as I said, we're, we're, we're getting as many people around the table as we can to say that, okay, there is a very, very dark side to mm. the pet industry in Ireland mm. as well. Mm. But again, with the increasing demand for pets, somebody has to supply pets There is well. an increased demand yeah. for them. There is. And I think one very, very important point to mention as well is that prevention beats cure. Mm. So a lot of people say to me, how can you actually work with breeders? And the response I give is we can't rely on rescue centre pets forever because if we keep kind of fueling that aspect of it as well, you know, people one of their default positions is let's go to the rescue centre or to the pound. But the reality is pets should not be in rescue centres. You know, it's it's not a normal and I don't think it's a good enough default position all the time. But every single pet that is in a rescue centre should get home as soon as possible. So, Um, Sorry, Tim, just because I'm conscious that there might be people listening in and thinking, this is a property show, why are we talking about this? And one of the reasons why we're talking about this is that Mm. we know from many, many, uh, you know, we're talking about dogs in this context, but actually many pets are being surrendered because their owners have a change in circumstances and maybe need to go into rental property and the majority of landlords are not accepting pets. In fact, if you go on to After My Home and look at, at properties for rent and actually tick the selection box that allows pets, chances are it's it's well under 10% um, across Ireland right now today who allow pets. So there seems to be kind of a very, uh, there's a lack of thought around this. Um, and I know yeah. one of the things that you maintain is that actually responsible pet owners are actually more likely to be better tenants and that's so therefore less risk for the landlord and I think that's an interesting thing that hasn't been spoken about before But is this 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 is landlords in apartments or in, in houses or both? Both I both. would say both Brian and yeah, Unfortunately I, I, though in, in apartments sometimes it's not the landlord's choice it's, to, a, to a large degree I suppose uh, yeah. Well unfortunately in most apartments there's a standard um, there's generally a standard management company contract there yeah, that's, that that said no pets and, uh, and everything yeah. has to be worked to an exclusion of that but that's not I, I don't think that's realistic as we move towards um, we uh, as society that's going to 
be living in apartments more. The other side of it is our, our large dog that we rescued. We rescued while living in an apartment in Spain um, with with a terrace but no garden. And in fact, it's quite normal for for countries where people have been living in apartments for decades. You know, they're well familiar with having children um, and pets and everything right. in apartments. But in it's, Ireland, it's, we can't but, even but get our head around having to, children. Not but, talk but, about a pets in apartments. Because yeah. the question as to why landlords are so... Yeah. Uh, do, do deter um, pets coming into, the, into their property? I think a lot of it, uh, Brian, is, you, you know, you go back to tradition. That traditionally, you know, a pet is going to cause trouble. You know, people perceive that they it cause chaos, yeah. that it would damage the property. Now... As Carl pointed out, we're moving to a society where millennials are the fastest growing pet owning population in Ireland. Okay. So their expectations are a little bit different as well. Mm. And I think where we, again, it's like I said earlier, we have to kind of cooperate and incentivize these people as well. The landlords. Yes, mm. and the, the tenants as well. Mm. Because otherwise you're, you're kind of in a perfect storm where mm. pet ownership is increasing. Mm. And obviously with supply and demand of property, there's pressure top down, bottom up as well. Mm. So how do you reconcile supply and demand considering that the landlord is somewhere in between as well, trying to negotiate? So what I would say is that we have to sometimes take a step back from traditional views of pets as well. So our social awareness around pets is changing. We obviously know that having pets in the workplace improves productivity. And when you scrape beneath the surface of that and you wonder why is that true, we actually realise that pets make people happy. So... If you're happy at work, you're more likely to be productive as well. And is that is that is that a practice now with some factories that they are, are offices that they actually allow there? Absolutely. I can tell you Property District is pet friendly and my little Daisy comes into the office quite frequently. The 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 big one's not always so welcome. The other question I want to put to her, Tim, is in relation to uh, pet owners and homes and so forth. I I don't know if you have an answer to this, but principally speaking, uh, do they buy them for the sake of security or or for company or both? Uh, primarily now, Brian, it would be for companionship. Um, tra- yeah, in previous times, people have got them as like a guard dog, mm. you know, security mechanism in itself as well. But one of the key things, and w- probably the main reason people get a dog is to have a bond with a pet. Mm-hmm. It's something, it's very difficult to describe it unless you've had a pet mm-hmm. or you've had kind of first-hand experience of a family member and you've seen the change in that person as well. Because we know that the simple act of even stroking a dog releases the good hormones like dopamine, oxytocin. And they're actually proven to offset depression, um, described as one of the best cures for loneliness as well. So we've got quantifiable medical evidence that shows that anybody that has a pet is going to benefit. And that includes landlords. There's a huge social benefit as well, though, because, you know, I, I mentioned there that we rescued our large dog while living in Spain. Yeah. My my spoken Spanish would be very poor but actually I found that people were more likely to stop and talk to me with the dog and struggle through my broken Spanish so actually despite the fact that we'd been there actually maybe a year by the time he came to live with us actually my social life changed when he came and in fact just this morning I was in Nace doing the banking and I brought my two dogs because it was nail clipping time before we headed to the office so I brought my two dogs with me it was a beautiful um, autumn morning in Nace this morning and I sat outside the Harvest Cafe on the corner had my coffee outside uh, my dogs are known there sausages are brought out and three different people stopped to chat to me while I was outside now I was sitting on my own outside having a coffee but with the dogs if I'd been sitting on my own three strangers separately would not have stopped to talk to me while having my coffee the fact that my dogs were there 
three different people stopped. The yeah. fact that two of them, by the way, thought that my dog was a guide dog made me think I shouldn't wear sunglasses yeah. in autumn. But, yeah. but I still had conversations with three strangers um, that I definitely would not have had if I didn't have the dog. So there's so many reasons. And and forcing yourself to get out and walk, like again, yeah. this weekend was beautiful autumn weekend, um, you know, where the tendency might be to be a little bit lazy when you have dogs, you can't do mm, that. So the yeah. benefits, the benefits of having a dog, actually, you know, even if you're only to think about the benefits to the human, not even the dog, Shoot. you can be massively selfish and say the benefits are so huge. So it's great to be able to benefit the dog as well. But the human benefits are just so huge. I'd say, Carol, that's correct. It's like a, a two-way process because, you know, a lot of people, when they get a dog, it, it, you know, it gives them a structure. Mm-hmm. It, as you said, it gives them a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And just as you alluded to there, it's one of the best uh, icebreakers mm-hmm. for people. So for people that are socially awkward and might find it difficult to connect with people, to generate conversation, mm-hmm. as you said, there's nothing better than having a dog mm-hmm. because people are magnetised and other, gravitate the, towards The other point I just want to investigate a little bit more is, um, um, Tim, you were saying that, um, I think you were saying that earlier, that uh, pet owners tend to be better tenants. Yep. How, 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 how does that work out? Where, where is that? How does that? Yeah. How does that figure? It's one, because one of the key traits with pet owners is that they tend to be more responsible people. Because if you have a pet straight away, you have obligations, you have duties of care as well. And it's actually a proven fact that pet owning people are more responsible people as well. So that's probably saying to all the people that are listening that don't have a pet. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So it'll solve a lot of problems for a lot of people by actually getting a pet as well. So I think what we got to do in Ireland is we just got to... But aren't they hassle? Dogs are a hassle. They're not really no, brain. Children, you know. children are a hassle. <laughs> dogs are a pleasure. Well, I mean, it depends you what know. your definition of but hassle. I mean, you have you to know. feed the dog, you have to walk it, you have to do all that sort of. Cat is, is a lot. A lot uh, well, just concentrating on dog. I mean, what's the incentive? It is obviously for, for well, they make uh, you happier and so forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're they're yeah. proven to be good for your health, is number yeah, one. Yeah. Number two is that they'll give you a routine. Yeah. So I have a little dog, she wakes up at 5.29 every morning, yeah. not <laughs> yeah, 5.28 yeah. or 5.31. Right. So that's a structure as well. But again, it shows, it gives you an opportunity to express care and love for an animal as well. And we know the very, very close links between people that express that for an animal and that express it for a human as well. Uh-huh. And as I said previously, the medical benefits to your health, uh-huh. not only your physical health of walking, but your mental health uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. And as we live in a digital age and you know people are more challenged, with iPhones, it's becoming more and more important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, can I ask, just in terms of your platform, I'm yeah. hearing from other charities that I'm in touch with, um, rehoming charities, yeah. that more and more dogs are being surrendered because people are moving from one home into another, a generally rental, and their new landlord won't allow pets. So you have families who are quite distressed at having to give up their animals. And yeah. this is a really... You know, it's a really uncomfortable situation. It's an unnecessary situation as well. So, you know, is there an awareness that needs to happen around landlords or maybe does it need to happen around um, the estate and managing agents so that they don't automatically advise their landlord um, to their client to say no property or no um, animals in the property? Because I saw that actually Owen Riley, who would be one of the busier independent estate agents in Dublin, they have, um, he was speaking online that they have a policy of absolutely 
allowing pets or, or advising their landlords to allow pets in suitable properties where it's a, a pet that's suitable to the property um, and what they do is they actually look for a slightly larger deposit just by way of security which I think sounds very fair as a pet owner I think that's fair because no I don't think my dogs would cause any damage outside that of normal wear and tear or family life however I understand that an extra deposit being paid to give that peace of mind to a landlord. I think it's a really sound idea if it moves us to a point where landlords start to consider allowing pets into their properties. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Carl. And I think the the word you use there as well is that if it's appropriate Mm -hmm. and a suitable pet as well. Because I don't think anybody's trying to justify bringing a husky into one bedroom apartment. You know, so we have to have an intelligent middle of the road conversation about it really. And I don't know if you're aware that in countries like Tasmania, there's it's called a pet bond as well. You know, yeah. um, interestingly enough, but what that is is where people do pay an increased yeah. fee. So really, that would offset any risk to the landlord as well. But as we know, the risk is very, very low. So when you do your risk benefit assessment, it does favour the landlord. Do so, we have Do we have anything like that in Ireland? We don't, Carl. But again, I, I think a lot of people that I've spoken to about this they come back and they say that the actual rents are so high, where would somebody source another €50 a month to pay into this pet bond? So, I mean, we're very open to Mm. discussing this with people in the sector if they do want to set up a scheme where we can look at it. Do you speak to landlords in relation to this yourself? We do, Brian. We speak to... What's their reaction to you in relation to that? A lot of them do it through gritted teeth. They say that we would like to do it, but the rents are so high, how are we going to get that sweet spot where we're not being exploited. But by why, do they, why do they feel that dogs are an encumbrance on, on, the, on the property? A lot of the landlords would feel that the risk, you know, is great, that the puppy would damage the property. Mm. You know, it's out of fear, really. But a lot of landlords that would do that wouldn't have any direct experience with dogs uh, as well. That's my next yeah. question, yeah. 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 So yeah. There, there's like an education <clears throat> gap as well. well that's, and, yeah. There know, is an education gap, you think? There is across you know, the board in general, not just landlords themselves as well. In relation to animals. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to I'm actually going to give a piece of advice to anybody who's renting at the moment yeah. who actually has already been told maybe that they're not allowed pets in the rental property that they're living in that actually if they speak to the landlords directly yeah. and you know speak to them about wanting to bring a pet into it most landlords if you're already living in the property the landlord will have a certain relationship with you will know will will see how you treat the property yeah. if you're a responsible person that actually once that relationship has been established it's definitely worth mm. if you're considering but I think it's becoming a pet owner it's definitely worth it. it it is you know, you know from that point yeah. of view because it does seem to be from what from speaking to you mm. now it does seem to be a uh, as you say, a fear of, of, of them coming in and really there's really no great justification for it. There's not brain, but most people have their dogs trained. Yeah, you know, but that's right. It, it, it terms as the well. landlord. Yeah. 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 So again, it's back to the risk-benefit yeah. assessment. Yeah. So if, um, if somebody with a dog is likely to stay longer in your rental property as well, that's better for you. Yeah, well, that's yeah, absolutely yeah. true as well, Yeah, that they would stay longer and we are looking at putting together longer leases. Absolutely. Uh, Brian, do you have any pets? No. Then what, that might explain why you're the only person around the table that wasn't smiling. Then, <laughs> no, I mean it's, uh, our sound pro- our sound producer agrees. <laughs> I, I know plenty of people that have pets, and and yeah. I mean they're part of the family. They, they absolutely are. are. They absolutely are, and it's it's increasing more and more. Brian, yeah, that trend. Yeah. So, as I said at the outset, I think we have to start embracing this in instead of polarizing people. So, yeah. it's how do you get the middle ground where yeah. unfounded fears 
bring education across the board to everybody as well yeah. and agree in a reasonable structure that does work in other countries. Yeah. So it should work here as well. Yeah. So who's going to be the catalyst that pushes the button that says, OK, let's collectively put a system in place where we can change this? It's well, a, it's let's try start that today. It's a topic that I, that I haven't really heard, heard discussed at all on, on TV or radio or in the media in this country yeah. at all. But Tim Kirby, for now, thank you for coming into the studio. That was Tim Kirby, veterinary surgeon and pet bond, pet bond founder. After the break, we'll talk to Claire Connolly, Managing Director of Claire Connolly Estate Agents. Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM. Oh, will you look at them go? I wish I had their energy. Ah, they're good for the soul though, aren't they? I can't imagine life without Lucky, (laughs) but he might outlive me yet. Oh, well, take my advice and sign up for a Dog's Trust Canine Care card. It's completely free and it's given me such peace of mind since I did. What's that? Well, it's simple, really. It means if you pass away before Lucky, Dog's Trust will take him in and give him the care and love he needs until they match him with the perfect forever home. That sounds terrific. How much did you say it costs? It doesn't cost a cent. Great. How do I sign up? Just text CARE to 50100 and they'll call you with more information. Or you can go to dogstrust.ie. Well, that's wonderful advice. I'll do that right away. Here, Lucky. Good boy. Whatever loan you're looking for, wedding loans, holiday loans, car or home improvement loans, make sure you talk to your local Capital Credit Union where there are no hidden charges or early repayment penalties on your loan. Loans subject to approval, terms and conditions apply, Capital Credit Union Limited, regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Senior Line is a confidential telephone service for older people. Free phone 1800 80 45 91. We're open every day of the year from 10am to 10pm, including Christmas Day and New Year. So it's free phone 1-800-80-45-91. We're there if you need someone to talk to and need someone to listen. We're older people too, so we will understand and we're very good at listening. Did you get the senior line number? It's free phone 1-800-80-45-91. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. And welcome back to Party Matters here in Dublin South FM with Carol Talon and myself, Brian Fox. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or, or email uh, hello at iPropertyRadio.com. So as mentioned before the break, we're now joined by Managing Director Claire Connolly. Uh, Claire Connolly is Managing Director of Claire Connolly Estate Agents. So thanks for coming in, Claire. Now, Claire, thank you so much. We've been talking so much about the rental market in Dublin. Um, things are feeling quite negative at the moment. Just at the at the start of the show, I spoke about how it's cheaper to have a, a mortgage than mm-hmm. rent in Dublin. And every time we think there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, it turns out not to be so. Uh, the rent pressure zones are maybe not having as much of an impact on the market, slowing down the market as we would have liked to see at this point. Mm-hmm. So you're operating across South Dublin. You might just give us an overview of the marketplace there at the moment. Sure. And thanks for having me on, Carol. Um, so what I'm seeing is uh, the higher end rents around the two five, say two thousand five hundred per month. They're slower to move, obviously. They're still in demand there, mm-hmm. but the rents that are capped. And this is where, as you know, as you know, you're going to four percent, no more than four percent. And uh, we have, I would say, hundreds of emails, hundreds of calls, and it, it's extremely difficult yeah. um, because this is the affordability factor. This is what people can afford, but. It's just the demand is just so high that it is just 
we're at the door with, with tenants. So as a lettings agent, and I know you have a team um, operating out of Dundrum. Yes. How do you manage you know, yes. even, even with the team, how do you manage for one property if you're getting hundreds of applications? How can you tell? Yes, it, it's extremely difficult. And because we have almost tenants at our rate and they're angry and saying, look, you know, why can't, why aren't we being called for a viewing? So the only way, the fairest way we can do it is that the, we get all the inquiries in via DAPT or we will get phone calls, but mainly through DAPT. So we might say have about 300 emails. For one the, property? The, the, literally, the ad will go up. For the high-end property now? Um, no, that this oh, is where yeah, they're capped, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it's the high-end, yeah. it'll be slower because it's, yeah. it's the affordability yeah. factor, but yeah, this yeah. is where people can afford them and mm. the demand is so high. Mm. So, you know, we get these calls, as I say, we get, it mm. could be about within five minutes of the ad going live, we, we could have about, I'd say, 150 emails, wow. literally. So the only way to do it is to pick the first 40 and from that, it's the only fairest way to do it. And from that then is to go back and email or phone the 40 and say, look, we will have our viewing, say three days time, if you can make it along. And usually from that 40, there's about 20 will come along. You only, you normally get about 20% or 50% coming along. So then on the day, we take all the, we, we, we ask every tenant to email in all their references. We don't, because you just can't, haven't got the time to scan them all in. So they will mm-hmm. email them in. So let's say we get 10 who come mm-hmm. back to us. There might even be 15. We then email them onto the landlord and then I will have a call with the landlord. And this is the only way we can do it. Sit down and then, or not sit down, but have a conversation yeah. over the phone to say, look, here is who we have. And we we will not, our office, Carol, will not make the decision because it's just not fair. Yeah. Because out of out of all those tenants, nearly all have the same criteria. So yeah. how do you make That's the decision? That's interesting, isn't it? Oh. If everybody's presenting equally, yes. I mean, how they've do all you got, choose one? You know, and, and also, we also have to take HAP as well. We're mm-hmm. also obliged to take HAP, obviously, as a landlord mm-hmm. has to take HAP. So we have a number of HAP tenants. We would have a number of professional tenants. So mm-hmm. it's a matter of going through the list and then we will guide the landlord and say, you know, it could be down to maybe how soon can a tenant move in obviously the landlord doesn't want a void period so say yeah. somebody might be in a lease and they can't say they're looking now but they're not able to move in for a month then that might actually restrict their chance of getting the, getting the property so if we know say for instance somebody's got really good criteria and that they can move in the following weekend that will also go in their favour because I would get calls all the time from tenants saying, what can we do? What do we need to do to secure this property? Well, actually, that's what I was going to say. This show really is designed for the industry. We're speaking to landlords. However, let's turn that on its head and speak to tenants for a few moments. Yes. How, is there any advice you can give to tenants? What would set them apart? Because I'm very conscious of the very recent daft ruling um, that doesn't allow you to ask about the workplace anymore. No, you can't. And you can't no. get work references anymore. Well, um, you, you can actually get a work reference, but it's literally from HR stating that they're mm, in permanent employment okay. or they're in temporary employment. But you can't get any more information But you can't that. discriminate against somebody who's not working? Um... No, you can't. You can't because in actuality you will have somebody who might be on the HAP scheme that might just yeah. have a part-time job or not employed. But... So how, what, what can yes. tenants do? So say tenants, irrespective of their position, because yes. their position is what it is. Exactly. But what can they say that would make it, that would make them more attractive to a landlord? Okay, what I would say is, what say would, might even stand out to me if, 
if say you have a young couple coming in or a family or whatever and, and they have a lovely covering email mm. or a nice letter or even a picture this I would like is, this good, yes. really Please, yes yeah, yeah ahead, and yeah. it's because it, it makes it a lovely very personal effect a nice photograph of them maybe the family you may actually actually know more about this than I do and I don't, I've only heard this uh, hearsay that mm. it's a similar situation in the San Francisco area with Silicon Valley and all the rest of it. Yes. So what they're actually doing is having to send love letters. What? <laughs> telling, <laughs> no, the, telling, telling the property owner why yes, they want yeah. the property. Why they yeah. deserve to why pay deserve peak the, prices to rent it. Yeah. I know. I haven't yes. heard this before. So what? Uh, tenants. the best letter will then get the... Are they actually called love letters? Well, it, they're, they're called love letters now, uh, by, uh, colloquially speaking. I love you know? that concept. Yeah, oh, I love but that as well. But you know, it, it's not too far off here, Brian. That's th- exactly really, what they're from, doing. From what you're they're trying to, me, to put yes. their argument forward as to why should a landlord This, this is the very point. Yes. yes. Well, this yeah. is, that's more yeah. the point. Is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so what, what should go into this love letter? I, I'm not familiar with love letters <laughs> in the last <laughs> couple of decades. What should go into I'm these? Sure. Well, <laughs> just for instance, a, a recent couple, um, they was just a photograph of the two of them on the top That's and then exactly, just yeah. to say exactly what, a little bit of their just background like a CV, isn't it, really? it's almost but a, a very resume. friendly but, who, but yeah. like a personal yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and their hobbies what they like doing really? you know if they like cooking or mm. you know just just a little bit about themselves it yeah. just it just makes them stand out a little bit so more. Can, can I ask? It's a tip then, is it? To, it, to is, I, it is a tip, Brian. And, and, and landlords like it as well? They do, because it's a personal, you know, it makes them more personal. I mean, I know we're the go-between. Yeah. But to be honest, in this market, the landlord makes the decision to be guided yeah. by us, but we send on all the all mm. the emails and everything. They know exactly what they're going through and then we sit so down. So I suppose you personalise yeah. your application. You're pre- that's it, exactly, Brian. Yeah, you're personalising your application. That yeah. reminds me of, you know, the US trend to put photographs on your business cards so yes. I have to ask the couple who did that and sent the photograph were they Irish? They were Were they? they oh, oh sorry just, Actually, just, she was Irish he was American Okay no, yes, because that, yeah. do, that seems like an, like not yes. a very Irish thing to do <laughs> You're probably right but it's becoming <laughs> Our sound producers more than impressed. norm <laughs> Sorry Danny Oh it, but it is but it, to be honest it does it, it makes a tenant stand out that little bit more because it's I think it's so a great idea no, Genuinely I think it's a great idea and I think by the way yeah. I think it must be so disheartening for tenants who are currently looking for property and actually I saw just kind of a, you know really as an aside with the Dublin City Marathon yesterday and mm, our housing Sunday, minister yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, Monday yeah, and our housing minister mentioned that he was starting the race and that yes. you know he expected to come in behind uh, junior <laughs> minister um, Damon English Yeah, and there was lots of comments just as pleasant and unpleasant as mm, you'd expect and underneath mm. But there was a couple of people who just had one liner saying, I'm trying to find a property in Dublin. Can you help? And I thought, imagine tweeting the housing minister, like imagine feeling that level of desperation that you just can't get your hands on a property in the place where you're living. Speaking of that desperation then, looking forward, do you Mm. see any improvement in the market at all? Do you see any... Well, uh, bit any, by bit, I, on the, market. The, the, the supply is beginning right. to meet the demand that bit more. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you probably see all around Dundrum yourself here, Carl, I'm sure you see it. You've got Fernbank, you've got, and that's just purely for rent only. They're not for sale, they're for renting. So is Herbert Hill, all around the Dundrum area. So that they're they're not too far off being finished. In actual mm-hmm. fact, um, the one on, on uh, Fernbank is finished. So bit yeah. by bit, they'll be released onto the market. And mind you, they're, they're at a high rent. I, I was going to ask you that. That yeah, is the only thing. Yeah, they're at the high rent. High That's why... Uh, but 
Supply is beginning to meet demand that little bit more, but it's it's the affordability as well. And what's actually. that due That's to? I mean, is that due to the economy slowing down or what? Oh, I think there's a number of factors really. Yeah. More yeah. supply? Yes. It's more like, supply. Yeah. There is yeah. more supply. That, that is. But, but yeah. as I say, when you've capped properties... And, and that the, that is beginning to have effect. It is depressing the rents a little bit. Well, that's good. That's that's Which the is effect positive. it was supposed to have. That's what that's why yeah. he brought it in originally. Yeah. Was, was for that for that reason alone. You know, yeah, I, so. I'm wondering if we can if we can kind of correlate the cycle with sale prices. Mm. You know, yes. uh, maybe 18 months ago, correlate that with the rental market today. So, for example, you know, 18 months ago, we started to see sale prices in Dublin slow down, but at yes. the upper end of the market. Exactly. So, you know, we were saying, OK, anything above 750,000 is slow to move. And mm. then over the course of 12 months, suddenly that was anything above 650 is slow and to move. And it's probably even five now. I'd and say now, can't. exactly, yeah. it's five. So yeah. if you're starting to see a slowdown at the higher end of the rental market, yeah. is, th- is this the way that cycles go? Is this the trend that goes? And I know rental is very different to sales. No, but no, but you're but right. But supply is really coming on board. Like we, it is. We've seen, we've seen the majority of um, uh, planning permissions through the fast track process have been for the private rented sector, these PRS schemes. Yes. So, and, and they're, the majority of those have been delivered um, with modular and offsite and and yes. modern methods of construction, so the speed of delivery is much much faster than anything we've seen before. It so is. we are it seeing is. schemes delivered within twelve nine to twelve months that had never happened before. No, so no, that's true. So that that increased supply, most of those were in and around South Dublin. Yes. So actually, that means we should be looking at. Uh, a supply certainly helping the marketplace to level out in 2020. And I think we will see that. Do you? Yes, I do. I do. You're optimistic. I am. I am very optimistic. But usually as well, when you see um, a drop in, say, CV in capital value, Mm -hmm. it does usually mean that there will be a drop in rent as well. It nearly, there's a correlation there. But I do definitely agree with you that supply is... And yeah. do you think Begin to meet the demand so that by 2020. No, you're okay, Brian. Do you think it, it, it also applies to areas south of here like Wicklow, Bray, that type of... Is, is um, there still a, a bigger crisis down that area? I'm not sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it wouldn't be the same yeah, as in Dublin. No, same. definitely yeah. not. And yeah. rents would be an awful lot lower as well outside of Dublin, as you know. They're because the pressure... But, the pressure but they also still. haven't seen the supply. You know, the supply hasn't really gone into Wicklow. So, you mm. know, I, I was I looking at the marketplace. down there, I suppose, than anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Grey, Greystones, Wicklow Town. Yeah. They're still very much under pressure right down as far as Arklow. Mm. Um, in fact, we had uh, North, North Wexford and uh, South Wicklow-based estate agent Michael Kinsler into oh, the show yes, a couple yeah. of weeks ago and he was talking about the the supply there but it's mainly to the residential market as opposed to uh, sales market as opposed yes. to the rental market okay. so yes, we've yeah. got first time buyers going out there to buy rather than rent yes. in South Dublin yes, So yeah. without getting into party politics or anything like that, do, you, do you feel that the um, government president obviously we're getting into politics we are getting into government politics is meeting is going anyway near the the the, the uh, addressing the needs uh, for Europe Mark well they are if you're talking about the capped rents and the different schemes that have been brought in by the government mm. they are helping it is helping to bring rents down most mm. definitely take a while it will but for instance if you win at market rent let's say you win at full market rent at say 
one eight for uh, you know an apartment and and then the the capped rent is what say thirteen hundred. Well, of course people are going to question it. Like, why is that at eighteen the same apartment? Mm. The others at thirteen. Yeah. So it is. Landlords will be forced to bring that down, even though they think they're going to get market rent. They will, because they're not going to pay that. They will. They will be forced to come down. So. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it is having an effect. Definitely, it is it's having a positive effect on the market. Mm-hmm. And as supply meets demand, then obviously then it will. They, they, the rents will have to come down and they will level off. The, but that's as the, much as we can hope for from policymakers. They, they yes. can only facilitate the market um, conditions and, and provide for the best market conditions. Mm. But the market will dictate a certain amount itself. And that's one thing we've seen. We saw it during the crash and we mm-hmm. saw it during the recovery. But and just the just there's just no despondency and cynicism about the whole market in Ireland, which is not much your market. I know. I you know, know. You'd, 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 uh, you'd, you'd sort of look for hope, uh, really, in, I know. in, in, in all the hearing well, every day of the week. I know. But if, wait, there's so much going on, though. I mean, you have, the, of course, you don't want to mention the word Brexit. The B word, Jeez, yeah, we get yeah. that out of the way, you know, at some stage. And the central bank ruling as well, obviously, that's people can only afford. And that's why we're and saying you, that anything over five do now. Do you feel that's helpful? Or, or how, what is that? It is. I'm help. I'm in that in the sense that it's going to prevent another awful downturn. Mm-hmm. We never want to go through that again. Yeah. So, OK, there probably have to be some relaxing of the rules to allow people to borrow. They're going to have to, people still need to buy houses. You know, they, they have to borrow, say, over your 500. They still will need to, them. there might be some relaxing, but at the same time, it's a good thing. It, it stops that awful manic, if yeah, you remember, yeah, we all, oh God, yeah. well, we all, looking back on it, you yeah. know. So that's that's having some Take sort of... Outside, outside. Outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, Claire, exactly. at the start of the show, we were actually talking about the attitudes of Irish landlords to pets. Yes. Now you're obviously dealing with Irish landlords. Mm-hmm. What's your experience of that? Are are do all of them not want pets, or do you, as a managing agent and letting agent, mm-hmm. not want pets? I would say landlords definitely do not want pets. They don't. Okay. No, but I can say though that um, as a managing agent, if I and to be honest. I have so many calls from people with pets and saying, gosh, you know, can we not, how come the landlord won't take it? Like say the Swiss, the French, they just kind of get over it. They're in shock. Like why? Because they they will, you know, they're so pet friendly in in, in those countries, most of Europe. But um, what I tried to go back to my landlord and say, look, we can, this, the, they've shown me photographs, they, they would adamantly say, no, there's, I am not taking on a pet. And I'd say, look, just hold your yeah. horses, let's go through it first. The photograph of the dog, or, or say the cat, yeah. a bio, a pet bio, that this is literally, we, I just placed somebody in, yeah. in um, Dorky, a pet bio and a pet reference from a previous owner in the States. So, so actually, the, there was a reference not just for the tenant, but for the pet. Oh, for from the, pet, the previous landlord. From the pre, a bio of the pet to say, here's the photograph, and this is what the what age I am. I'm fully trained. I'm fully uh, a whole bio. What you know, how long yeah. they've had it. I've been part of this family, and then the landlord reference. So, so that would be step heard, one. <laughs> I don't know if you heard Tim yeah. on the first part of the show, though. But I mean, there seems to be a huge resistance towards pets in the uh, in this country. There is, and it's. Yeah. I wish. It, I think it will change. I mean, I, I think as we move towards towards more apartment living, it will change. It'll but have I think to change. I, I, yeah. love, really I love that approach. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. but you see, if you can if you can make it secure, though, Carol. Basically, the references, and then you have a, a, a pet deposit. So mm-hmm. it gives. Really Assurance the landlord have got a great deposit, pet deposit. Yeah. And um, no, the, the, one of the things as well, um, one of the things is that, you know, yes, we want to see a changing of rules here, but um, 
I'm just conscious of you know you were saying that on one property you might get 150 phone calls in the first yeah. in the first five or mm-hmm. ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Is having a pet putting somebody on the back foot? Do you know? To Honestly. be honest, it is, Carol. I yeah. hate saying it, but no, that's the reality. It is when you have 150, you can't. Whereas maybe at the yeah. higher end, where you have say maybe 10, mm. and then one of them has a pet, and they're from, mm. you know they're going to be great tenants. It makes it easier. I hate saying that, but it does. No, but that's the reality, and that's, it is that's the kind reality. of what we've long suspected. Yeah. yeah. I just hope it does change, though, as you say, you know. But maybe with as more and more apartments, which it is going to be apartments. So obviously, the continentals are well used to having a par- uh, but the, what they are, in, they're in their apartments. Yeah. Absolutely, the French, the Swiss, the, yeah, they mm. all are. They just cannot get so over their shock. We have a very negative attitude to them, you're obviously. Um, you know, we do, and I think that really will have to change. But I think it will, given time. It but will. Where is it going to start? Um, like today? Yes, I hope we start this conversation well, maybe for. Tim will. Maybe Tim will uh, work on that one. Good. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. Okay. Yeah. Um, Claire, thank you so much for being with us today. That was Claire Connolly, Managing Director at Claire Connolly Estate Agent uh, across South Dublin. That's it for part two. Stay tuned after the break. We'll be speaking to Kate McQuillan, co-owner of Pet Sitters Ireland. Stay tuned. (laughs) Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care. A professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. If you with your dog would like to get involved or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. Do you need a professional looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgment. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. And you're very welcome back to Property Matters here in Dublin South FM with Carol Ta and myself, Brian Fox. In studio, we have now uh, Kate McQuillan, co-owner of Pet Sitters Ireland. So you've, we've been discussing a lot about pets this, this evening, um, um, Kate. Um, and as you may have heard Tim there, in that um, there seems to be a huge resistance towards pets coming into apartments and, and private houses, rented, should I say, particularly apartments. So are we becoming more pet friendly in this country? I think 
think we are in terms of cafes, bars, restaurants, hotels, but clearly not when it comes to where people live. Um, we've done our own research on the number of pet-friendly cafes and stuff, and there's loads more, and people are allowing them into hotels. But when it comes to actually living accommodation, we have people contacting us every day about what can they do with their pet um, because they're you know having to move and they're looking for temporary accommodation. So it's a huge problem. It's, it, and it's a huge problem from the smaller... Well, actually, for all the animal charities as well yes, because a num- the, the reasons for animals being surrendered... Um, it's usually given that they are moving accommodation and the mm-hmm. landlords won't allow. Now, look, part of me thinks sometimes that seems to be an acceptable reason to give when surrendering your surrendering your pets. So, look, there's a little bit of judgment there on my part from there. But there is clearly a problem. There's a there's um, particularly across apartments and developments that have management companies in place. There's a standard clause: no pets allowed. And that was, you know, these were prepared at a time when the apartments were only meant to be lived in for very short terms. They weren't not long term living. Yeah, and and that needs to change. But uh, by the way, the the management sh- uh, companies that have those kind of clauses generally those apartments aren't built for children either. So they're not built for push chairs and exactly. family life. So. There's a problem with that we haven't been designing apartments for people to live in, not I just... Well, that's that, been... Sorry, Casey. No, that's I don't think that Ireland's designed the whole kind of world or the, uh, the country around pets, to be honest. I mean, it's only recently that you can take your pets to places. If you look at Europe and America, mm. they're just part of everyday life. Yeah. Like, mm. they're in cafes, they're in hotels, they're in airports. They're just everywhere. Yeah, it's just, you know, you go somewhere, you take your dog. The pet pound. Um, Yeah, it's it's completely different. I was in permanent TSB this morning and there was a beautiful little boxer dog beside me. So I can tell you that's my first time seeing a dog in a bank. Yes, definitely. That was in Ireland, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so look, things are changing, but it is a problem. Now, I suppose, actually, what we really want to talk to you about today was you know, where people do uh, and they are able to have pets in their apartment. What I'm hearing more and more again from people who are thinking of getting dogs, but they're very, they're nervous that if I go away, what do I do with them? Yeah. And so I found myself increasingly saying to people, actually, of course, you can take on dogs. Everybody has to go away from time to time, whether it's travel for work or holidays or whatever it is. And now there are more and more facilities available. So and obviously pet sitters comes into that so you might just explain what it is you do so what we do is a bit like friends and family so if you're going on holiday say you're going for a weekend away we might come in Friday evening Saturday morning Saturday evening Sunday morning feed your dog or your cat take them for a walk play with them check you know the house is secure turn lights on and off just just like a friend or family member would really so that's the kind of holiday service that we offer and then what we do a lot of is uh, dog walking so people that are out all day and especially now people who are adopting dogs the conditions are that if you work all day that you do need to have somebody Mm -hmm. that can come in because you know if you're working in a high pressure job long hours you could be out of the home eight nine ten hours and that's that's, my point for two it's just too long Mm. for a dog so some people would actually have two visits now on that point um you're a dog owner does does the dog not rely on you from the point of view of uh contact with you as well i mean is is it 
is it practical to be out of the house for so long if you're I think it, that's it's unrealistic to, to say mm. that somebody's going to have a dog and stay with it 24/7 mm. um, and I think certain breeds do better some high energy dogs need a lot more walks and stuff and would be destructive but company as well yeah but I think if you've got someone coming in and taking it for a walk and mm. getting it out I think they do sleep a lot dogs yeah I was about to say I think people who don't have dogs yeah. don't realize realize how much they sleep it's funny because we yeah. have some pet we have pet cams in our house and when I got them I was super excited to see what are the dogs doing when yeah. I'm out nothing yeah <laughs> they just sleep do you what kind of pet cams do you use we have the um the pet cube one which shoots out the trees oh, I use yes. that too and people are fascinated by yeah, it it's um, really good I, I'm actually going to get myself in trouble here and say that uh, uh, during events like seminars and things like that occasionally people will look over my shoulder while I'm at my yeah. tablet that <laughs> that is all set up a keyboard and all so it looks like a computer and generally it's because I'm checking in I'm yeah. ch- check no I'm checking in with the dogs that oh. I can speak I can see them on the camera I can speak can to, them, to them it's great. and they they recognise the click yeah. of the pet cubes when I'm about to throw a treat yeah, and brilliant. you can actually the treat can be made into a game so you can just you can just issue the treats if you don't want them to work for it or you can send the treats flying across the room at, at, at you know where, where they go at speed and so then it's like a if you've got two dogs then it becomes a contest to see who can get the most but either way it becomes a game but there are so many things like technology is enabling is. this um, so I, I think it's really interesting that most people have never seen that and I'm always really embarrassed then if they look over my shoulder because they can see dog hair on my floor. A lot of them do. A lot of them have the cameras in their home to check on their pets. And And they they realise their pets just sleep. Exactly. And, you know, some dogs do need the interactive treats and things like Kongs and things like that to keep them occupied. I'm going to have to ask you though, is it more expensive for your service rather than your service in terms of uh, dogs sitting when you come into the house say once or twice a, a day than uh, as a dog what, what, what's the other term like kennels like kennels, 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 yeah. kennels yeah. well I yeah, should hope it is it would be more expensive <laughs> because you're actually asking someone to come out to yeah. your home and travel out and spend the time and come away sure. but there's a lot of benefits you know if you're a multi-pet household it's probably cheaper because you're not paying per pet and you've got that home security like home security is a huge issue for people mm-hmm. so if you have somebody come in turning lights on and off and mm-hmm. just making your home look lived mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. you know we have customers that don't have pets that just Payers to come and do that service that live out in the country mm-hmm. because they're worried, you know, their home's left and they've got nobody to kind of turn the lights on and off. They're away for a couple of weeks, they just want you to swing by and yeah. do that. And you mentioned there uh, at the start of your interview, there you mentioned that you have people telling you that they're moving yes. home and the landlords don't accept and they're struggling to find places. Like, are you in a position to help those people at all? Like, what can you say to them? You see, the problem is we could help, but it's cost. Mm. It's not a long-term solution. Yeah. We do have a host family service where your dog can come and stay in a, in someone's home, but it's not a solution for somebody long-term. You know, you're for weekends away, holidays, really. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think in that situation, people are looking at friends and family maybe to help out. That's what we recommend. Some of the rescue groups do have foster like obviously you're doing yeah um that can be an option Um, but it is limited thank you so much for leading into that because (laughs) right now yes i do have two 
gorgeous foster dogs, absolutely tiny. Literally, <laughs> one is actually called tiny, but he's 2.5 kilograms, oh the gosh. smallest little thing. I have a teacup chihuahua and she's under five. So 2.5 oh. kilograms, smallest thing I've ever seen. And he's gorgeous. And then we have a, a chihuahua Yorkie cross and she's about four kilograms. So again, two tiny dogs looking for a, a good home at the moment. I I foster them, which means the charity, when they're surrendered to the house, uh, to the charity, in this case, it's um, Chihuahua Ireland and all four animal welfare with the number four. So it's all four mm-hmm. animal welfare. Both of those can be found on Facebook. They have Facebook pages there. So they are the charity responsible for rescuing. So I mind them as a, a kind of a foster home until they find their own new home. And um, with the with this particularly small one, Tiny, I, I need to get him rehomed very quickly or he'll never be leaving. You're just putting <laughs> a handbag and keep him. So, no, but, but this is a, you know, it really is a concern. So actually that that's my kind of personal call out to anybody who's looking for two small, beautiful to dogs. Up, do they? Mm. A lot of people well, very stressful, they don't want though. to give them up. You're looking no. for an apartment, you're trying to get rid of your mm. own place. And then on top of that, yeah. You know, you may have been with your cat or dog for years. Yeah. I mean, it's very it's distressing. Not, it's not an option that it is. It is. Well, no, it's not. But I mean, I was talking to Anne outside. Like, if you have kids and, and family, what do oh, you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. You know, what well, do I you do? Like, if you've got to have somewhere for your down, family to live, haven't you? It's move, move out of Dublin area, I suppose. Yeah. It would be well, no, actually, it's really easier outside. Of I was about to say, oh, okay. um, I, yeah. I did a search on Daft for houses that allow, for rentals that allow pets, and it came in at, I think, about 7% of properties that are currently yeah. on the Daft website, if you click. Uh, that allow pets. Only so, 7% of properties. It was just over 7, kind of 7, 7.2. No, Ireland. Nation across Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So I don't think the problem, problem. I don't yeah. think the problem's restricted to Dublin at all. And it's, it's funny actually because we have some articles on our website about helping people, what they can do. And we get a lot of people emailing us from outside Ireland looking for help. So it isn't just Ireland. It's not even it? an Irish problem. Yeah, I know some places are more pet friendly, but there's still problems. Okay, and is there something we can do? Because at this moment in time, it seems that the the difficulty is that landlords don't want pets. Mm -hmm. So one of the solutions put forward by an independent estate agency in Ireland, um, Owen Riley's, their firm are uh, for landlords who accommodate pets. They charge a slightly higher security Mm -hmm. deposit, which to me as a pet owner sounds extremely fair and reasonable and a very practical solution if that's what it takes because if your dog doesn't do any damage then all that deposit is returned anyway so it seems like an infinitely practical solution Mm -hmm. another one mentioned was a US service um, for pet bonding which I think costs uh, it's a security bond that Tim mentioned you know might be $50 extra per month on top of your rent you know that's high is there a practical solution that you could maybe outline to landlords? Do you? That's a difficult question. I think the deposit is a big thing. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to some friends in America and that is a big thing in America. You have to pay a pet deposit as well as your own personal deposit mm-hmm. and you pay pet rent over there. So Jeez, you pay hell. anywhere between $10 to $50 um, additional rent per pet. Okay. And there's a non-refundable deposit you pay up front just to even be allowed in the property. So... It is expensive, but most properties allow pets over there within restrictions. Big dogs, not so much. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they're doing. I think the other thing is for people to be having some kind of agreement to have someone check on their pets. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of the problem landlords has is the smell of pets. You know, people maybe not cleaning up or not, you know, or leaving Causing them too damage, long, yeah. the damage, yeah. that kind of thing. So obviously a, a deposit helps with that. Um, our previous guest, Claire Connolly, um, a local estate agent and managing agent here in Dundrum, suggested that in one case somebody put forward not just a, a tenant reference but actually a reference for the pet um, from the previous landlord which I thought which was very really clever. Yeah, yeah, that was really clever. So look, th- this is definitely something it's, uh, I think it's a very big problem that we're having. You've opened and a can of worms. Yeah, so okay, let's see. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can come up with some solutions for that. So um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. That was Kate McQuillan, co-owner of Pet Sitters Ireland. What's your website? Kate? It's PetSittersIreland.com Okay, before we go, thank you. Before we go, just a quick reminder about their Place Tech event next week. Details on the Property District website. You can get in touch with the show by emailing hello at iPropertyRadio.com or Twitter at iPropertyRadio. And that's it from us today in the studio. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us here in the studio. Also thanks to Danny Hick who is on sound. Today is the final week before heading off to work in the sun and wish him the very best of luck. At the same time next week, so from Tyler Tyler and myself, Brian Fox, have a great week. Mm-hmm.